0: All right, T, let's jump into another story. Let's do it. We are going to be talking a little bit about delivery apps today. Um, basically, in response to the pandemic, people across the country are second guessing the delivery apps that they've known to love. Uh, and they're rethinking the place of those delivery apps in providing delivery conveniences and in supporting local restaurants and businesses. Um, There's basically a really solid, long-form story on this topic that helped inform some of my notes on this in the Philly Inquirer. Uh, So I recommend everyone go check that out. Basically, I'm just going to highlight some of the few anecdotal stories that most caught my eye from that, and then Tyler and I are going to discuss. But if you really want to get a a fuller picture, I recommend checking that story out, and we'll link in the the post. Uh, Anyways, so... The story basically highlights different areas in the U.S., the Bay Area mostly, uh, but points out that people are calling restaurants directly instead of relying on delivery apps. They're hiring gig workers directly and they're making purchases from their local businesses, not via Amazon, uh, to support them more directly. And I think the impetus behind this is uh, people are noticing that their local Main Street communities are struggling. And whereas, you know, I guess during, quote, normal times, these platforms would provide access and increased um, visibility for some smaller companies, right now uh, they're acting more like, I guess, a a leech or a vulture to those businesses' uh, cash flow because of how tight the margins are, and therefore, some local communities are saying, you know what, these are not helping our businesses. In fact, they are taking money away from the businesses. We can support them more directly. So let me go through some of the anecdotes and some of the pros and cons, and then we will break down. So uh, the story quotes a random person called Turtle Brennan. Uh, A research engineer in San Francisco. You know, just a nice little anecdotal random person. And this person looks to now buy their coffee from uh, a local chain. And this is the quote that Turtle Brennan said. Quote, it is incredibly difficult not to go to Amazon when you need to buy something kind of esoteric. Brennan said, I've been making a conscious effort to search out alternatives. Um, This is a direct chunk from the story. I'm just going to read it verbatim. Quote, in the Bay Area where the first regional stay at home orders were issued March 17th, people on neighborhood Facebook groups and next door are sharing tips for which local restaurants need more business and where to buy goods locally instead of from bigger retailers to support area farms. They're going in on bulk farm buys of blueberries and strawberries together or buying local CSA boxes instead of getting produce at chain grocery stores. And for the businesses that can't carry on right now, they're starting fundraisers for employees who can't work, end quote. So, uh, you know, I think that really highlights The focus on community there in the Bay Area, and I think that's very dependent on, um, I guess, a recognition of your local economy and building community around that. I think there are a lot of cities that don't have that kind of cohesion. Right. Um, I would even say Dallas, I think, struggles with that, I think very much because it is geographically... Uh, spread out. I mean, uh, Dallas is not really a hub of a city and there's not really a hub for like, ah, here's the small business district or here's the main street district. It's just such a, such a wild west of uh, kind of cultureless business Mm -hmm. in, in Dallas downtown that I don't think this kind of community response is Going to happen. Uh, I might be wrong. I think maybe in cities like McKinney or Plano, like you're probably going to see more action like that. But seeing that San Francisco uh, comes together in this way, or you know, I know these are just anecdotal, but um, even just seeing that kind of response is something that feels foreign to me. Again, also anecdotal, but alas, uh, here's another quote from the story I found interesting. Quote: Alan Beats. Founder of the Borderlands Bookstore says he is taking orders online, over the phone, and through email. Some customers are checking out the store's selection on the company's website, which uses a service called Biblio, and then calling the store directly to make sure it doesn't pay any fees. The story or the store, excuse me, has been able to keep all of its employees on payroll. Wow. Um, and then here's another quote from Chef Ryan Stag. He works at a pizza joint called. Uh, Polara or Pollara in Berkeley, Uh, quote, overall, you do more business, right? Because you're now on this massive platform that reaches far more people than you're able to reach on your own. He's speaking about Grubhub and and, um, all the delivery apps. And then he continues to say, the catch is you're doing a lot more work, but you're making so much less money for it, end quote. Hmm. Um, So just initial thoughts on that, Tyler, off the bat. There's a few other stats I want to highlight, but... I don't know. What do you What do you think of those anecdotal stories?
1: Yeah, that that actually makes some sense to me. You know, I I, I've seen, and I guess I guess this might be jumping ahead a little bit, but I've seen you know some of the the way that restaurants and other businesses have uh, tried to show the way that that delivery apps have skimmed so much of their profits off the top, just in terms of fees and different things like that. That that, yeah, it, it is heartening and encouraging to me anyways to see people gravitating more towards just going to those stores directly and figuring out how they can support them. And uh, that's an attitude that I think we could use a lot more of, I think.
0: Definitely. And, um, you know, I, I think it also highlights how some of these Silicon Valley uh, app Disruptors have entered the marketplace and Mm -hmm. what their place in the marketplace really is. You know, it might be advertised as we are helping create scale for your business, helping you reach more customers, and that is all true. But the cost of that convenience, I think, is really starting to show its face. And um, I think. It ends up creating more dependence on these platforms and less of an actual community necessarily Mm -hmm. uh, around your local businesses. Now, that's just my opinion, um, but uh, the response has been um, very clear that many consumers see it that way. They see the dynamic as not being totally fruitful for the small businesses. And uh, at the legislative level, that is also being viewed uh, kind of as a predatory practice to some degree, because some cities are now passing caps on app delivery fees uh, to better support small businesses and keep the cash flow within their operations. So San Francisco, Seattle, and Washington, D.C. are capping at 15%. New York City is capping their fees at 20%. Um, some fees were as high as 30% before any of these caps. Uh, so, you know, when you place an order of 30% of that order is now being funneled to the delivery app. Um, that's a huge chunk, a change lobbed off of your order. Right. Um, here are a few quotes. One from Grubhub and one from a city councilman in New York. First quote. Any arbitrary cap, regardless of the duration, will lower order volume to locally owned restaurants, increase costs for small business owners, and raise costs on consumers. That was from Grubhub. This is from uh, City Councilman Mark uh, not Yo- nah, Sorry for butchering that one. <laughs> he wrote this on Twitter. He said, quote, Proud to fight for a bill that will level the playing field and help restaurants get through this crisis as restaurant owners are being held hostage by the third-party delivery apps who monopolize search results." End quote. So, uh, I think those are two very different reads on the situation. Yes. Um, Grubhub's read on the situation, I'm having difficulty connecting the dots on how capping the fees that Grubhub takes from the company ...is necessarily going to lower order volume and increase the cost for the small business owners... Um, ...because it, I I just struggle to think that Grubhub is, is uh, really going to feel the huge effects of that... ...because they argue that, oh, well, workers are going to be paid less... ...there's going to be less money for resources to um, expand our product offering and our solutions... However, most of these companies, and I'm not saying I 100% know what Grubhub's business model is, but many of these disruptive app companies like to run at a loss, Mm -hmm. and, and the end goal is really to create market dominance and push out competition and make it so that you're basically too big to fail to a degree. So they're fine running at a loss uh if they can mark up the percentage that they take from the companies to basically make it so that they become dependent on them and it's not like we haven't had uh you know plenty of conversations both on our platform and you know people at large talking about how these app companies and um uh, just Silicon Valley disruptors often don't pay their workers very well at all. And there are few worker protections, especially during a pandemic. So going from 30% of an order and and taking that into Grubhub directly and capping that at 15 or 20%, I struggle to see how that is long-term going to negatively impact the small business owners. Um, I just I, I don't see it. Honestly, mm-hmm. uh, I guess I could see them raising some of the operating costs for them. But I feel like at that point, I could see some businesses wanting to just invest in their own operation if delivery is that essential for the future of their business. Um, so, some disparate thoughts on that. Um, do you think the trade off is worth it then to go uh, with a delivery app, either during the pandemic or now post pandemic, uh, as we see some states reopening? As a consumer or as a business, do the pros outweigh the cons? Do the cons outweigh the pros? What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, in a way, I feel like like the the apps like Grubhub or Uber Eats and that sort of thing have almost lost or forgotten their their proper place in the food chain if that makes sense which sounds like kind of a pompous thing to say and uh, I, I don't intend for it to sound that way but I, I guess what I mean is that they're saying these these businesses like won't be able to operate without us like how will people ever find restaurants if we don't exist and you know how will these local restaurants ever be able to to make it when these restaurants for you know in large part existed for a long time before Grubhub and Uber Eats and all those types of places came around and so it it's almost like it's it's missing. Like there's there's a there's a missing link in Uber Eats's thinking, you know, to say, we you know we are here to support the small business, but then you look at what they're skimming off the top, and you think that's that's not the case. And so for me, I, I think you're right. When you look at, I think the example was a pizza place in Chicago. Is that right? Where there was like a, I think they had like fourteen hundred or let's see one thousand forty two dollars in food sales, was reduced down to $376 after Grubhub fees for delivery. So that's almost $700 that they lost just simply in uh Grubhub fees for delivery, commission, processing and promotions. That is right. insane. So at that point, you definitely look at it and say, "Okay, if I'm going to be losing that much out to Grubhub, I'd rather just not be on their platform and have our own delivery service and just do that and do it well." Um, right.
0: Or or offer it as some kind of curbside mm-hmm. pickup service where, you know, people are more concerned about the health risks, then set up some kind of operation where people can drive up, grab their order and drive off. Uh, you know, that's a solution as well, if they don't have the infrastructure to build out a delivery platform.
1: Right, right. And I I, I guess like the, the $64,000 question is what's everybody's thinking once the pandemic ends? Um, assuming it does at some point, you know, just how how does you know what people think and feel and do, what do their actions um, look like after this is over? Because I think this has changed our thinking in a lot of ways, but does it go back to normal? Do we go back to creatures of ultimate convenience and comfort once this is over and revert back to delivery apps and that sort of thing? Or do we stay a little bit more uh, I don't, don't, maybe community minded, just kind of looking out for those types of restaurants and those types of places that we all loved, uh, before this all started. Like I know there's, there's a, a number of neighborhood restaurants where I live in East Dallas that I love that are locally owned local places that, uh, you know, if they were to go out of business, that would be a huge bummer. So my wife and I've, uh, just kind of rotated ordering from them, you know, just every, every week or so.